You're listening to Victory by Association with Jeff Tippett, international speaker, best-selling author, and entrepreneur. This is the podcast exclusively for association executives and members. Each week, Jeff interviews association executives about their victories, igniting new ideas for you to create greater value for your members. And now, Jeff Tippett. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Jeff Tippett. I'm grateful that you've joined us for today's episode of Victory by Association. Today's show is brought to you by Targeted Persuasion, Public Affairs and Communication. When your association has a policy prescription that you're trying to advance or stop, you need the power of targeted persuasion behind a successful grassroots campaign designed to move legislators and other elected officials. When you need to win, you need targeted persuasion. Learn more at targetedpersuasion.com and check out our show notes for the link. Well, today I'm really excited to welcome Isabella Dornelis. We had a chance to talk earlier uh, this week and it was just wonderful. So Isabella, I am so glad you're with me today. Thank you so much, Jeff. I'm so excited to be on your show. I really appreciate the invite and the opportunity to talk to you today. We're going to have a great conversation. I can tell you that already. Well, Ismail, if you would start us off by just telling us a little bit about your association, um, who you guys are, and what you do for your members. Of course. So we are the American Hotel and Lodging Association. Um, as the industry singular voice, we represent owners, operators, brands, independent properties, franchisees, bed and breakfast, and everything in between that the hospitality industry has to offer. Um, we approximately represent, um, in our industry, there's 60% of U.S. hotels are small businesses, and that equates to approximately 33,000 properties being small businesses. So when you think of uh, the hospitality industry, usually associated with the big brands, but actually, we are, you know, a group of small businesses, and there's, uh, you know, it's very easy to become a hotel owner because of our franchise model. Um, so again, we've, as the HLA, we served the hospitality industry for over half a century, and uh, we are here to advocate on their behalf on Capitol Hill, on state governments, on local governments, um, and just in general for our business um, interests. That's fantastic. So let me also ask you, do you guys have like state associations as well? Or as a national association, do you go in and help in each state? How does that work for you guys? Exactly. So I'm, I do state and local law, uh, government affairs. And with that, uh, my role, I do work closely with state associations. We have state associations in almost all of the U.S. states. And uh, I work and connect with them on a regular basis. There's barely, you know, definitely not a week, but barely any day that goes by without having an email, a phone call, or some sort of interaction with those state associations. Um, we constantly travel to them as a, as the national association. We give updates on what the industry is doing and what AHLA is doing. They give feedback to us and what's important in their states. And again, since we're highly diverse, some of those state associations not only represent lodging, but also have restaurants or tourism um, and other areas that they may be uh, representing. And so we focus on lodging, so we're able to get to the nitty gritty of those issues that matter most to uh, lodging only, lodging specific issues. Um, so yeah, we have great partnerships throughout the country and it makes my job so much easier when there's somebody I can pick up the phone and call, hey, I just saw this bill getting introduced. Can you tell me a little bit about the background? Who's the sponsor? Are you guys pushing this or, or is this going to have a good impact, a negative impact? Let's talk about this. Let's develop a plan and let's work together. 
I love it. Well, as a person who travels a lot of my life to speak around the globe, thank you for the work that you do to make uh, hotels fantastic. So I, I appreciate that on a personal level. Before we get into some like really good stuff about what you're doing with your association, tell us a little bit about yeah. Isabella. I'm curious something that most people wouldn't know, something that's probably not on your LinkedIn profile, but our audience might find interesting to connect with you on that level. Sure. So what not a lot of people would know and what's definitely not on my LinkedIn profile is that I'm an immigrant, um, is that I was born and raised in Brazil and English is not my first language. So I actually moved to the United States to Florida in the year 2000, not speaking, you know, speaking the very basic words of English, not really being able to make a sentence. And after my second day in the country, I was thrown into school. So I was jump right in, not really understanding what the teacher or my classmates were saying, but I was able to quickly learn and pick up the language and be self-sufficient in that way. Um, and now years later, I picked up two other languages because I realized I loved it so much. I love being able to connect with people and their native tongue. It brings about like more cultural diversity and um, knowledge that I wouldn't be able to pick up otherwise. And uh, as a Brazilian, you know, Something that's really impacting me today is the burning of the Amazon forest. Um, as you know, the Amazon is the largest forest in the world and you know, it impacts the whole global economy and our global health and sustainability because it cleans the waters, it reorganizes, it um, gives us oxygen, it's a buffer to have our world in a temperate climate. And uh, the, with the burning of the forest, there's really no other replacement um, that can uh, that can overcome once that's been gone, you know, it's going to be it's going to have a global impact. So even though I live here, that's something that still, you know, impacts me in my, my everyday life. And it's something that really the world um, is is a matter and a struggle of the world that we all need to kind of pay attention and look at what's happening down there now and stop those fires. Yeah, we definitely do need to pay attention and it does impact every single listener today. And kudos to you for all of your uh, work with different languages. Like I struggle just to remember my Spanish from college. So I am blown away <laughs> at your intelligence and what you could do with all of these languages. I like, feel like I need to salute you and say congratulations <laughs> on all that. Well, Thank I know you. we've gone through like two or three different successes. You guys have like, like tons of successes, but is there a particular one you'd like to start talking about today? Something that you especially proud about any of the three? Let's Drop something out there. Let's get started with our conversation. Of course. So again, on my state and local government affairs role, my bread and butter is working with uh, cities and localities as well as our partner state associations on short-term rental issues. Um, so it's kind of about leveling the playing field um, so that there isn't an unfair market and competitive advantage. So it's about you know ensuring that we have fair uh, remittance of taxes and that um, lot, lodging operators are playing by the same rules. Um, so of course there's always gonna be interest, uh, like different interests for the travel tourists. And uh, you know, when you're traveling, people are looking for different experiences, different things, and that's offered by the short-term rental industry. Um, however, we do realize that there needs to be a level playing field. Like Hilton and Marriott are our biggest members and they're competing against each other day in and out. However, they're playing by the same rules. They all have to remit taxes. They all have to submit to the same type of compliance. 
They have safety inspections that they go through. They have multiple licenses and uh, taxes that they have to remit to the state and city authorities in order to um, be in legal standing with the city and the state. Um, and so this is one of the biggest victories that we've seen is how cities across the country have now introduced and passed short-term rental regulations. Um, so we, in the past year, we've seen uh, Baltimore, DC, most recently Honolulu, New Orleans, um, all the major US cities, Los Angeles, New York, Miami, Atlanta, you name it, if it's a large city, they are addressing this issue. Um, and this is one of the things that we've worked on with our members, with um, partner state associations, with local groups, with neighborhood um, communities, and with homeowners associations, because they're impacted every single day. When you have a party house running next to you, you're not thinking, oh, it's just a mom and pop renting out a spare bedroom to make their mortgage. You realize, no, this is a $32 billion corporation that's been you know, facilitating this and not playing by the same set of standards. So um, this is one of the biggest victories I would definitely um, consider uh, doing the state and local government affairs work here. That's a huge list of, of municipalities. Mm -hmm. Congrats on all of your successes and such major cities as well that you've tossed out there. Well, let me ask you this. Have you, have your, are you finding success mostly like delving down, going straight in at the municipal level? Or do you look for success at the statewide level? Or is it a combination of both? Or what's helped you find the success that you found? It's definitely been a combination of both. So as you can see, the cities are the ones who do zoning um, regulations. And so if you have a party house next to you, you're not going to be calling City Hall in a Saturday, after, like late at night. You're going to be calling your local law enforcement. You're going to be calling those first responders in your area. So that's why we've seen um, action taken by the cities come first. Um, however, there are states now that are looking at this issue. So, um, for example, Massachusetts this past year, uh, last year, implemented and passed a bill to uh, have statewide registration. So the platforms and all the platforms must have uh, a number within each host um, listed on their website um, of their um, registration number with the state. So we've seen that being able to be successful and happen throughout states in the U.S., uh, Massachusetts is just the latest and the greatest, um, but there's been multiple other states. Arizona just recently, we were, I was at NCSL a couple weeks ago, and uh, we were on a panel with a state legislator from Arizona, and they were talking about how their state had preempted localities from passing ordinances to regulate short-term rentals. But this past year, they revisited it, and you know they allowed now localities to have some sort of control because they realize it's becoming a nuisance to um, communities in their state. And it was pa you know, passed by the legislature, signed by the Republican governor. Um, so we're seeing um, this issue come up across both cities, lo local level, you know, uh, with counties, and in the state level too. Fantastic. Let me ask you this. Um, as, you're, as you're working to, on the regulations and things that you're working to, to pass there, talk to me a little bit about your members, and if you have, and, and if so, how, and what have you done? Do, they, do you use your members and your local people to build relationships with the elected officials, with their city councilors or their city commissioners or whatever they happen to be called in that municipality? Do your members play a role in that, or is it 
just you guys or tell me a little bit about what you're doing in that space with relationships. Right. So actually, it's more of a grassroots effort. It's actually our members are not deeply engaged because they're not the ones getting impacted first. The ones who are getting impacted first are your, you know, your neighborhood. If all of a sudden your neighbor has an Airbnb and you don't know who's coming in and out, you're the one who's getting impacted. So actually what we've seen with especially across cities is that the communities themselves are the ones reaching out to their elect elected officials. We're actually, you know, I'm on only two, one of two in their state and local team. So there's no way we'd be able to be everywhere. We have a limited budget, limited resources, especially compared to the size and growth and depth of the short-term rental industry. So what we're seeing is just like an organic process of these neighborhoods and these communities reaching out to their local, local officials. And because local officials have more interaction with uh, their, their constituents than, for example, a state legislator, they, you know, they're hearing and, and seeing the impacts in their communities. They, you know, every short-term rental hearing, they need to allocate a ton of time to that because they know they're gonna get so much testimony and they're gonna hear from so many constituents that are always constantly calling them and always constantly sharing their experiences with the city council. So um, our members, uh, you know, our members sometimes go and do testify if it's a bill being heard on the state level, for example, um, but it's mostly, you know, the hotel employees. Um, they are coming and they're talking about how to, it's impacting them, how their commute has had to, has grown since um, the Airbnb and short-term rentals have grown um, in their in their areas and how they've had to you know had to travel how it's impacting them day in and out too. Absolutely, and you know I always encourage and we we do a lot of government affairs work and I always encourage groups that we work with have your members get to know like if it's a city council member or if it's a county commission get to know that person right now like don't wait until something blows up and you're like calling to complain about hey you got to stop this you got to fix this like get to know them right now and especially like with if you're in an election season like a lot of people are on these off years like when they're running for office this is a great time to meet them understand their agenda and what they're what they're what matters to them and how about this too, Isabella? Like, ask up front, hey, what are some ways that I can help you? What's important to you? Exactly. As a citizen right. in my community, what can I do to, to help you get things accomplished? And that way, when you do need to pick up the phone, you have that person's ear and you've already given first and you've invested first with that person. And that's just a personal thing. I, I love to make sure, that, like, build a relationship before you need the relationship and you don't need someone to tell you to do it. Just go do it. Like show up at a campaign event, like show up at, at a meeting, show up at a committee meeting, just like start reaching right. out or even social media. What a beautiful way to connect with your elected officials especially yeah. on Twitter. It's a great way to engage with people. And I've done that many times. And by the time you say hello, face to face, you're like, Oh yeah, you've been talking to me on Twitter. This is so good to see you face to face. So like start those relationships right. now. Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, and it's like when I started talking to you, I felt like I already knew you and it's, it's that different level of connection. Right. And uh, we have our legislative action summit coming up in September. And it's what we tell our members, you know, you need to develop those relationships in the off season when Congress is not here in DC focused on a million bills, getting worried about what's going to pass, what's going to come to their desk next. 
You know, it's the off time when they're in their home districts, when they're in their hometowns, it's the right time to get to know them. And once you have that relationship established, when you're here in the Hill and you want to talk about the industry issues and your experiences of what's going on in your own property, they're going to know you. You're going to have their year. They're actually going to listen to you because they know, oh, that's Billy from you know, three doors down the street and we, you know, always go to the same coffee shop on Saturdays. And that's going to be a different impact than somebody that they're never going to see, they've never seen in their community and they realize I'm never going to see this person again. So with any type of relationship, cultivating that is truly important. And it's important to grassroots uh, advocacy, it's important to national advocacy, and it's a key part of any association strategies to be able to have those grassroots and on the ground contact that um, can really be impactful when um, things come up and we, we need that support, we need that voice. Um, same thing with our state associations. That's why they're such an intricate part of the work that we do is because they know what, again, what goes in day in and out. They have relationship established with those state members and Senate senators. Um, so even though um, I can only be there a couple of times a year, maybe, um, they have that relationship built and they know the key players in their state. That's right. So you're either sitting at the table, you have a seat at the table, or you're on the menu, right? It's one of the two. Start those relationships today. If you're listening and you don't have a relationship, start building those relationships today. Well, yep. this has been a fantastic. You've given us some great um, nuggets here, Isabella. I really appreciate it. But let's let's pop this back up to to a higher level as we as we begin to wrap this thing up. You've talked great. What we've talked about here is like when you're dealing with an association is dealing with something when there's not a level playing field. What do you do mm -hmm. to help create a level? And it, in your case, yes, it's, it's hoteliers and it's the short-term rental industry, but other associations are facing the very same thing. Well, we have about 48,000 association executives on our email list and about 25,000 on social media that we're going to blast out your words to them. Let me ask you this, Isabella, what high level would you, uh, information here or advice would you give an association executive that might feel like they're dealing with something that's not a level playing field what would you toss out to help them begin the process of leveling the playing field for their members? Of course, thank you for that question. And uh, as I mentioned, the support really comes from the get-go. So the, the, the way we start um, is um, educating. So first you need the legislators to understand and recognize that the issue that's in front of them. So if they've never heard of something called example short-term rentals, they're not gonna know the problems they're having. And again, like each community is different. So the problems that Detroit is having is not the problems that a small city in, in Florida and in rural Florida um, in the panhandle might be facing. So it's really the key starts off with, you know, sharing that information and educating legislators. Again, it goes back to building that connection, building that um, report with uh, your city elected officials, with your state representatives or their state senators, all the way up to con congressmen and women and um, you know, with US senators. Um, it's, the key is to first let them know what's going on, what's happening, how is it impacting you? And then you can break it down this is the impact that it's having in your community. These are the statistics. These are your constituents that are getting affected by this. It, you know, these are the areas of impact that it's having um, throughout whatever issue may be that you're facing. 
Um, so once you once you've established that, and once the legislator understands and is on the same page with you, then you can address the, how to move forward, right? So then you can address the way we do level the playing field is X, Y, and Z. So for example, with the short-term rentals, um, it's you know remitting taxes. It's you know again like having a way to be able to have those taxes audited by the the agency that's collecting them. It's about having you know that line of enforcement that the cities and the states can go after if they if need be in order to make sure that everything is played by the same rules and everything is in legal standing um, without that information there's no way that they can actually know for sure because there's no way that they're getting the data that's needed um, to to make sure to, they're calculating the numbers and that the numbers align so that's just my example from what we've done. But again, it's finding ways to solve that unlevel playing field and making sure that it comes together. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, it's a fair playing field. And then it's giving them the tools that they need. And again, like you said, asking them, working with them, how can I help you? What do you need from me? Do you need reports? Do you need um, to hear from my community? Do you need to hear from my employees? What is it that you need in order to achieve, you know, this goal? Um, so it's really, you know, it's really key about developing relationships with your elected official is the very base. And then you can build on it from there, you know, and then you can think, oh, I actually never thought that I need the numbers of, you know, affordable housing in, you know, DC. And then all of a sudden you start collecting that data, you're able to give it to the council and the council can use that as they're talking about it. They can see the real numbers, they can have something to point to, and then it becomes more concrete. And then it's more likely to be able to pass whatever legislation you're working on or just in general establish that fair play playing field. Fantastic. And I promise all of our listeners this, if you sit with an elected official and ask the question, hey, what can I do to help you? I promise you the whole thing's going to flip around. They may even pause yeah. and their jaw may drop for a second. They're like, what do you mean? You're like, you're willing to help me because that, that doesn't happen often. Well, this has been fantastic. Before we head out, um, Isabella, every association has a lot of volunteers that make things happen. Mm -hmm. Staffs just cannot be large enough to do all that it takes to, to make yeah. things make things work. And I just personally think there is great value in saying thank you and showing gratitude and letting people know, I really appreciate you. Is there an association superhero volunteer that you would like to give a shout out to today and just tell them thanks for what they've done to help your association? Of course. I can think of a million volunteers and uh, people who are superheroes for us. Um, in particular, I wanted to give a shout out to Ace Coleman. He works here at our offices and he's, you know, a fantastic colleague. He always brightens our day. You know, if we're having a staff meeting, he'll throw in a joke and break up the, the silence and the ice of being focused and some worrying about all the things we have to accomplish. Um, he's definitely been a superhero to all of us here in the office. Everybody loves Ace. I personally have been personally impacted by Ace. If it's a, you know, if it's a cloudy day, I'm, I know that I can go talk to him and he's going to be able to cheer me up. And he just builds that morale. And uh, it's those people that shine in every single day and everything that they do and they say that um, really become impactful and helpful in creating change. 
Our industry is an industry of people serving people. And this is really the spirit that ACE brings not only to our staff, but to our industry. And it's something that we see reflected day in and out when you come into a hotel and you're welcomed by that warm hospital and you get the warm hospitality, that feeling, you know, um, that just warms your heart. You just feel comfortable and you're able to feel at home, even though it's your temporary home. So um, this is definitely one of our superstars here. He's been in the association for longer than I can count. Um, and that's who I love to give some recognition to. That's fantastic. Well, Isabella, let me ask you this as we head out. How, are, how can people find you? What's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, so um, you can connect with AHLA at AHLA.com. There's more information about um, all the work that we're doing on there. We have multiple initiatives, including hospitality, hospitalities working to work on a workforce development because co uh, career shortage is one of the things that our industry is facing. Um, there's also a new campaign that we launched called No Room for Trafficking. You can go on there and learn more about how the hospitality industry is working to have all employees trained and we want to see um, every, we want to see trafficking human trafficking eradicated both labor and sexual trafficking um, and you can connect directly with me on LinkedIn my LinkedIn is just um, um, my la my first and last name so Isabella Dornellis and you can find me on there really easily I'm really accessible um, you can send me a message we can ask questions and also via email at I and then my last name D-O-R N-E-L-E-S at A-H-L-A.com. That's fantastic. And we'll add all of those to our show notes today. Lisa Bella, thank you for being my guest. And thank you all for listening today and being part of this fantastic discussion. My gift to you is a free chapter from my book, Unleashing Your Superpower. This chapter is on crafting a simple message. And with all the stuff like Isabella's talked about today, talking to your elected officials, you have to know how to craft a simple message that they can understand. And this chapter from my book gives you a four ways to do that, a proven system to craft a message that will help persuade your audience. It's free. Just text the word to persuade to 66866. Persuade to 66866. And I'll see you all next week as we discover another Victory by Association. You've been listening to Victory by Association with Jeff Tippett. If you've enjoyed, please subscribe, rate, and review. Be sure to check out the show notes for links relating to this episode. For information about becoming a sponsor or guest, please email podcast at jefftippett.com.